Hello, this is Impact Ed, and I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD. And I want to welcome each one of you for joining this episode where we're going to continue a conversation around student performance, how that performance is determined. And today is going to be mainly about not only how is it determined, but what, what is it used for? You know, how do we use student performance in Texas to talk to communities, to talk to parents, to talk to policymakers, to talk to real estate agents? Because all of those all of those groups and, and, and many more are impacted by how how schools are doing. And, and it's no secret that in many, many communities, it's not just A-Leaf, but in communities across the, the, the country, many communities are defined by their schools, by their school system. And in many cases, the school system is the heart of a community. So it's imperative absolutely imperative that when the state of Texas or any state for that matter begins labeling or identifying schools and their systems as being effective or ineffective, that the facts have to be right, the data has to be right, because there is no there is no margin for error, and uh, we don't have the luxury of that. So today's discussion is about accountability in Texas. How is How are our schools, how is it determined with our schools, how they're rated, and, and what does that mean? and the impact of that. So with me, joining me, and I'm not exaggerating, uh, we have two ladies that uh, in the state of Texas, there's not anyone as as well-versed and as bright and as committed and passionate about student performance. And then how do we communicate that to the, to the, to the communities than, than the two ladies I have. I have Miss Natalie Martinez, who's the director of accountability and testing and research and about 14 other things. <laughs> uh, Natalie's <laughs> going to join us. And then we have Dr. D. Carney, who uh, she's on the line with us uh, out of Austin, Texas, with Moat Mo Casey and Associates. And, and I'm going to let both these ladies just real quickly introduce themselves and a little bit about their background. And then we're going to jump into we're going to jump into the topic of accountability. So I'm going to start with you, Dee, if you don't mind, since you're two and a half, three hours away from us. If you would mm-hmm. introduce yourself. And, and again, thank you for for joining us on such short notice. Well, thank you, H.D. And thank you, Natalie. Um, my name is Dee Carney. And I have more than 20 years' experience in education, everything from choosing to teach math to middle school students uh, to being a curriculum director as part of the University of Texas School Improvement Initiative, uh, educational research. And before joining Moat Casey, I was there close to you. I was in Houston ISD uh, in state and federal accountability. Thank you, Dee. Natalie? Hi, and thank you for having me as well. My name is Natalie Martinez. Um, and really, I'm a seventh grade math teacher at heart. That is where, where I got uh, started in education, all in A-Leaf. I student taught here in A-Leaf as well. This is my home. Um, so I, I moved up through the ranks and got into accountability, which is where my heart is now. But I, most of my day is working with um, school improvement and schools that are looking to just improve their practice. And, and part of our conversation today is going to be along that school improvement what what are we trying to improve? You know, I think that's a that's a big question that that accountability in Texas has has created is what exactly are we attempting to improve? And and so, Dee, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you just from a from a a broader perspective on a, on accountability. Uh, and before I do that, let me let me just say this, I, and I want everyone that listens to this because there's gonna be a lot of educators across Texas and across the country that are gonna listen to this. And and I want to make a couple of assumptions for all three of us. Uh, one, this is not going to be a, a a conversation to dismiss or to um, delegitimize the role of accountability in any organization, not just A-Leaf, but in, in our industry. There is a need for accountability. There is a strong need for it. Uh, 
there, there's no one on this on, on this podcast that believes for one second that if someone's not being paid attention to that they may wander off the reservation, if you will. And so I think we're all we're, we're all pretty passionate that there is a there is a position and a role for a, a accountability. There's also at some point a role for for standards for us to be striving for for our kids. Uh, so I don't want anyone listening to this uh, to think that this is an attempt to dis dismiss accountability or to remove the accountability equation uh, as a part of a of an effective organization or an effective system such as public education. And, and I know in today's world, sometimes people that speak out against or at least question, and that's all I'm doing is questioning. When you question it, the first thing that they want, might want to do is accuse you of being scared of accountability or being mm -hmm. scared of exposing what you're doing or what you're not doing. And, um, and, and that's not the case at all. So even though I'm going to say some things or we may say some things that sound critical, um, it's not in the attempt or in the vein to, to get rid of accountability or to, hmm. to claim we don't need it. Would y'all agree with that? Agree. Completely agree. Yeah, definitely agree. And it's in those conversations that we've really seen accountability change over time. And it's certainly not perfect now, but it's much better than what it has been in the past. So people do listen and they make adjustments, which is what it's all about. And, and maybe that's part of the, that's, maybe that's where we are now mm -hmm. in this conversation with test questions and constructions of the STAR test is it's just another part of the, the growing pains of trying to get to something more better aligned to what right. we believe. Dee, what are your, just talk about accountability and, and that statement I just made, you know, kind of where do you fall on that based on all of the experience you have in, in working with multiple districts in multiple areas of the state of Texas? Well, I'm, I'm going to come back to your first statement of that, you know, accountability has evolved over time and, and rightfully so. In, in Texas, right, we, we didn't always look at growth. We didn't always look at um, other metrics outside of a state test. And we have, our system has evolved into that now. <clears throat> it's certainly for high school students, not only looking at the state test, but also those other metrics of college, career, and military ready, and of course, graduation rates. Um, I think we still have a ways to go when we're talking about our elementary and middle school students. We tend to, our system still is relying very heavily on our state test. And one test on one day certainly is not evident of all our students know and are able to do. And I think that's a, a really important point that educators as well as accountability experts and superintendents, we need to continue pushing that conversation. You said we've got a long way to go. Over the last couple of weeks, or actually last couple of months, there's this cloud hanging over accountability in Texas now that, that has to do with what are the measures used to determine accountability. Mm -hmm. From an accountability person's perspective, Natalie, you're, you're, I mean, you're sitting here watching this while you don't really play in the world of the test question creation and all that. What's the sense of an accountability group that's been watching what's been playing out with the, the questioning of the tests? And I think that's, that's a hard piece to swallow because while we agree that schools and districts need to be held accountable, you also have to have faith in the tool that is being used um, to measure us. And right now, we don't, we don't have a lot of faith in that. And so it becomes a, a difficult conversation in that we're holding campuses to a measure that we don't have faith in. And then the sanctions that come along with that, they're heavy. Yeah. The sanctions are heavy. And so we have to react to something that we may not fully agree on, 
But in the end, we still have to, to abide by the laws that are put in place. So it puts you in a tough spot. In the end, we hope that when we go in and, and work with schools to to make adjustments, it really is focused on the education of the student and not necessarily the STAR test itself. This is where I get, I, I struggle with, in my mind, with the relationship between the measurements used or the tools used and the actual impact of accountability. Where do y'all stand on the way in which Texas reacts to accountability? In other words, it puts, first of all, D, would you guys agree that the state of Texas puts a tremendous amount of pressure on one, on a test to tell you what? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely it does. Yeah. You, we make all kinds of or the public, whether it's TEA, whether it's the state legislative body, whether it's parents, and as you mentioned, or people who are deciding where to enroll their children in school, we make a lot of those decisions based on one test on one day. Is it is it fair to the test? Notwithstanding whether the test is good or not, could the perfect could the mm-hmm. perfect test with the perfect questions <laughs> could even that perfect test talk to all those entities no, that you're you, referring to? What you're really talking about is what Dr. James Popham talks about when he says, you know, what's decide number one? What's the purpose of the assessment? Right. And in Texas, it's very clear TEA and our commissioner has said, and we agree. The purpose of STAR, or before it, tax or toss, is to, is to show, is to demonstrate what kids know and are able to do at that grade level. And then for your followers who may have been kind of watching what's happened recently with the, the various media reports from Texas Monthly or KHOU or even the Washington Post, is to say, well, if that, if that fundamental metric is flawed, then what does that mean for everything else? What does it mean for kids? Are we really testing kids on grade level? And if the answer is no, then all those other decisions and judgments that people are making based on that one score are probably not valid anymore. And there's just a lot of dominoes in Texas that fall basing it on that one test. And by the way, we will never build a better test. We will never find the perfect test. There's just error measurements built into <laughs> into all these different pieces, right? And so when, you, when you're ready or when you guys want to talk about it, your local accountability system tends to do a better job of explaining just what your kids know and are able to do more than just on one day at one time. That segue, which we will make, is part of, I mean, that's the main reason that I wanted to, to have this conversation with you and Natalie is that we are trying, and again, going back to the to the growing pains of an accountability system, we're trying to move in that direction. I think Texas, to its defense, sometimes I'm critical of those in policymaking positions and other other areas. I don't, for one second, think they're not attempting to do this. I don't want to. I don't think they're doing it quick enough. But that's huh. just me. But when you when you start relying on these single measures to talk to communities and to talk to real estate agents and to talk to parents and and oh by the way maybe it'd be nice if it talked to the teacher so the teacher knew what what was what was needed from a from a true accountability perspective how does that get in your way I mean does it get in your way I mean you're attempting to just say I mean, right now you're playing by the rules and I'm talking to Natalie now you're playing by the rules the state gives you. Right. Where does it conflict with your philo- your professional belief, your philosophical well, belief? Well, I would say we still use the STAR information to help us move forward every year. We, we look at that data by student to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. Your interventions can be geared 
towards where a student was falling short in that assessment. It goes back to, however, do we trust the assessment that is given? And that's difficult. Either way, we we still use that information. It has very detailed information on how to move forward with students. And so we will still do our very best to do that. I would say in the school improvement side as well, you know, my hope is that districts are looking at their campuses and not just using that accountability rating to support schools. We know internally which schools are struggling. We know internally where do we have new leadership teams or where do we have, um, you know, pockets where we need to provide more support. We don't make a decision just based off of accountability. It's a huge piece, and it does make us move faster Mm -hmm. and more intensely. But I would say here in A-Leave, we don't just look at that accountability score. It's bigger than that, and it should be bigger than that. We don't rely just on the state, especially now when we are questioning what they're doing. But it's bigger than that. Do you, from your perspective, do you think the questions that are being posed that Natalie has mentioned about this breaking of confidence in the test, is it warranted? Absolutely. We've been looking at this particular issue for about six months now, and we certainly welcome the opportunity tomorrow to, to have a more public conversation with the with the House Public Education Committee about this issue. And you know what's interesting to me, uh, Mr. Chambers, is that this is not the first time it's been raised. Um, the higher ed researchers uh, raised it in 2012. It was raised again in 2015. Teachers, superintendents, parents have raised this issue as well. I think all of it, it's not just today. It's not just these past six months. But as we've researched it, it absolutely, the analysis holds true. For the STAR reading test, the, the students are being tested on one to three grade levels above their enrolled grade level. And when that happens, you're not getting a test, a true measure of, of a student's reading ability. And I think that's undermining our confidence in in the test. For several years, there was this notion that we just don't like our kids being tested. We don't like, parents don't, I don't like the idea of my child being labeled, right? I mean, it was a very broad reason for not wanting or not supporting or not liking whether it was the tax test or star test. It was, it was just don't, they just thought it was too much emphasis. And then, and then they, cor- and then it was correlated to, well, now the only thing my child is being taught in his or her math or science or reading class is in preparation for the test. Then you had teachers start talking about that, and before long you've got a, a, a pretty broad audience of people who are questioning the whole, the whole system. And then you couple that with what we've discovered over the last five or six months, which is some evidence. I mean, there's no, mm-hmm. now it's just not some parent's emotional reaction to little, their little boy, little girl being tested, it's now maybe these parents had something all along. Maybe they, they knew something all along. And and so to the root of accountability, which goes back to what Natalie said earlier, the accountability system is going to only be as strong or effective as the trust that you have in the input that's going into the accountability system. So I, I want to segue that or transition that into, okay, if we believe in accountability, we've said that, right? We believe there's a room for it and there's there's we may not wholeheartedly believe with what what's going on right now what what do we believe and d from the i'd like for you first to start from the state's perspective and then i'm going to ask natalie to speak specifically to to her experiences with with a leaf and with tea on the the development of a local system what are you seeing across the state d that you that you find to be gives you optimism or cautious optimism about slowly moving removing tethers from just one test to a more holistic way of looking at a school 
and a kid for that matter? A couple of things I see, um, and it goes back to actually some conversations we had uh, around the next generation of assessment and accountability. If you recall that report that was published a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and they talked about having uh, adaptive testing for kids, uh, computerized adaptive testing for kids that can better, uh, how do I want to say it, better present, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. questions and reading passages for students than making an assumption of all kids can, ha- <clears throat> can read or take the same assessment at the same time. That certainly an adaptive computer, uh, computerized assessment is out there. We just don't use it in Texas yet for state testing. That would alleviate some of this conversation we're having around the STAR reading test and being above grade level, yep. uh, testing above grade level for all students. And I think, I think the, the audience listening to this needs to be aware that adaptive testing, which is basically student answering questions or demonstrating where they are, and then the next question being based upon their previous answer. Do they need to be pushed a little bit or do they need to, you know, do they not understand that? So that you really have a true reflection over the child's reading abilities. And, and this uh, adaptive assessments have been recommended for years uh, Absolutely. to be a part, to be included as opposed to a one, one day, one test, you know, all chips in on that one day on that one test. I'm wondering if that really is the way the state's moving. When you, when you think about the interim assessments that they have, they are built in that way where they they assess the student and then the next part of that test is either harder, easier, or the same. So the idea is already there. The idea is at the state level with their interim assessments. In ALEAF, it's there with the assessments that we use beginning, middle, and end of year as right. well. So it's not something new right. to us. It's not something, no. you know, out no. of the ordinary. It's just it's not in the accountability system yet. But I I would assume that that's maybe a quick bridge to making a better assessment, right? Dee, you had said there's not a better assessment. Right. We have to come up with a better assessment because the one we have mm-hmm. right now is just not cutting it. But potentially with interim assessments, which we don't participate in yet here in ALEAF, but we've seen um, and we know about them, and potentially that's the direction we need to move and push them towards. Absolutely. That, that's one one metric. And then including just the idea of including a growth measure right. in our state assessment system is huge, huge for those of us who taught during the tax period and we, you know and and our kids would show growth we knew by our internal <laughs> metrics that kids were growing but perhaps maybe just barely missed the mark uh, the target on that test there wasn't a way to recognize their growth and we have that built into into the uh, you know state assessment system here in Texas and that's huge that's huge for everybody to be able yeah. to say yep teachers what you're doing is helping kids grow. Take them from where they are to mm-hmm. to the end, you know, growing them to the end of the year. And then for students to see themselves as learners and and they're growing in their knowledge, it's it's huge. Those two things I think are just those are some possibilities, you know, that we could move to adaptive testing or at least a beginning of the year and an end of year assessment. So it's not just one shot one day. Mm-hmm. And then maintaining that growth measure is so important. Well, there's, there's nothing more disheartening than using an adaptive 
assessment where the child is taking multiple tests and it's and the test is reacting to their skill level or their ability and come you know come late April on that adaptability exam you're showing as a child I'm going well I'm I'm where I need to be I'm reading on grade level mm-hmm. and then you sit down for the star mm-hmm. exam and you get your results back and the star exam says well no you're not all of the all of the positive and this doesn't get talked about a lot but all of this I don't know the the positive message that's being sent to the child and and the the whole mental part of being confident in themselves and 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 that's something that gets downplayed a lot but uh, how well kids do heck how well adults do for that matter mm-hmm. in large part plays how how confident are they in themselves how confident have others made them in their selves again I, I don't the assessment that D that you're referring to that might be more accurate would also have to be followed up with some ultimate assessment that is in line with the adaptive assessment that was used throughout the year. Mm-hmm. If not, then that kid, the student, shows the entire year, or the teacher watches this student grow, 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 improve, 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 and then they sit down for this ultimate the Super Bowl of all <laughs> tests, and they get told, they get slapped down and say, no, you're not reading where we told where this other one told you you were. So, so Natalie, talk a little bit about local accountability, and, and Dee, please chime in. I mean, I, I know you're not dealing specifically with A-Leaf, but you see the world of accountability from a lot of different lenses. But one of the things I want those in the A-Leaf community to, to know is we're attempting to do just that as a district. We're trying to figure out what do they want to know? What What is a fair picture of how our school district and how our schools are doing? If you could just give a highlight sure. of, of what that means here and where we are with that process. So we, we were part of the pilot with TEA and um, for the local accountability system last year. And currently we're in the middle of still creating our local accountability system, which is hard to say because it's March. Um, But it's been a long process going side by side with TEA and about 20 other districts across the state. I think 12 or so of them are submitting for this year as well. And in the end, our local accountability will stand side by side with the state accountability to create an overall rating for that campus, which means it's not all about state assessment, which is what we wanted to see in the beginning. Um, districts are able to create their own system with four domains that the state has um, defined with us. We were allowed to participate in activities with them to really narrow down what what the, those domains would be. Um, the three that we've chosen in ALEAF are the academics, culture, climate, and extra co-curricular. There's also a domain for future-ready learning, and we've just chosen to put our indicators from that domain into our academic domain to narrow it down a little bit. Um, but basically, we get to go outside of state assessment, and we get to communicate in this way with our community. We get to um, work with our campuses to ensure that they are also holding themselves to a high standard on all of these pieces outside of state assessment. Um, as you can imagine, at the high school, we have things uh, relating to advanced academics, college career ready. We also have AVID and STEM measures in there. Um, Family and community engagement is incredibly um, important in our district, so we have measures on that piece as well as health and wellness, which has always been a big piece of ALEAF as well. 
fine arts has uh, has become a big big piece in our local accountability system, as well as clubs and organizations. If you can imagine, it takes all of these things to really keep kids connected to school. And our job is to keep them connected to school so that they are here every day um, getting their math, science, reading, core curricular pieces. So we worked with principals and our central staff to really narrow down the list of what we wanted to be on our LAS. And I can tell you already that this system will grow. In this first year, we were conservative on what we put here because we knew that the system was being developed and it wasn't quite ready. We actually didn't finish putting this together until February. So we're conservative this year, but already have things in place to make this system more rigorous as we move forward from year to year. That, that was a whole lot. It was. <laughs> in, two, yeah. in two minutes, in two minutes she, Did summed you get up, that? she summed up a year, uh, hundreds and thousands of hours and, and work and travel between A-Leaf and Austin. If you, if you were listening to some of the examples she gave, uh, I would hope, whether you live in A-Leaf or, or, or not, I, I would just hope that people would realize that there is an attempt by, by our school district and by other school districts to measure themselves on a lot of different meaningful platforms. That a, that a reasonable citizen, a reasonable parent, a reasonable community member would look and say, okay, that that's something I would want my taxpayer dollars going towards. Dee, I know you've got to get off here in a little bit. For those that don't know, Dee's got all kinds of responsibilities <laughs> over at the Capitol. <laughs> but but before you get off, I, uh, Natalie and I will continue talking just brief, a little bit longer about the local accountability system. But what are your thoughts on a local system? I mean, what are as districts are looking at that, whether it's A-Leaf or anyone else, what what are the, the things you would be encouraging districts to include that are worthwhile in a local system? All those things you just named. <laughs> all of them? Uh, really, all those, all those pieces impact every community, whether you're a rural district, whether you're an urban district. Those are all pieces that we want for our students, right? But it comes mm-hmm. down to how does that look in one district compared to another district? And I think that's why the work that Natalie, as well as the other districts, are doing with TEA and trying to put some parameters around that, if you will, to, to help tell, tell a better story, to tell the story of all the great things that happen every day in public education to help get kids where they're going to be, where they're going to go. There isn't anything, I don't think, additionally to add to that. Uh, that that committee is doing some amazing work, and I hope it spreads. The tricky part is is how do you merge that in with state testing, right? With understanding the federal guidelines and what we have to do for that, and the state guidelines for what we have to do with that. How can we make it a, a successful merging of those local systems and state systems? Because it's the purpose is two different. There's two different purposes, right? Right. right. And and so how do we how do we merge those together? Uh, it goes back to the question we we talked about earlier: is how many audiences do you want the accountability system to talk to? Exactly. Is, is, what's the purpose what's the of purpose? it? Yeah. What is what's mm-hmm. the purpose? And I don't. I know there's a definition. I mean, I know there's an answer to that question. You know, to measure grade level performance. But the answer to that question is so misaligned with the actual behaviors of the system yeah. that it it's a it's almost a uh, it's not it's not an honest response. Just, just to say that it's mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not an accurate response. So, the it's thing- only one it's only one piece of the response, right? It's right. only one part of the of the response. There's a whole lot more 
pieces and a lot more layers to that story, if you will. And I think that's the work you're trying to do with the local accountability system. And it's important work because if we can't, for whatever reason, whatever's getting in the way of including what we call non-test-based indicators in a state accountability system, then how do we tell the rest of that story, right? And that's the work that you're doing is how do we tell the rest of that story? And it's the hard work. I've always said, yeah. I've always, I, go, go back to 2013 when we were trying to start the community and student mm-hmm. engagement. Was that case? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right, case. When, mm-hmm. when, we, when we included that in a piece of legislation, I remember people, other other superintendents, I mean, people who were complaining <laughs> about the STAR test or were being evaluated based on one test, th- then they would complain, well, this is too much work. Right. We got, we got <laughs> I a, heard that a lot. Right. This is too <laughs> yeah. much work. And I, and I said, then then go back to your old testing system and quit complaining because if you're going to do it right, it is a lot of work. It is hard. So anyway, don't get me started on that. that <laughs> that's podcast. That's another podcast. That's, that's another podcast. That's that's when HD goes on his rants. Um, so anyway, I know you've got to run. D, thank you for joining us. I, I, we, we, I do appreciate it. I know you made Natalie feel much more comfortable. Well, thank thanks, you. D. Thanks, thanks to you both. And thank you for all your work and your leadership. Uh, in accountability and assessment and just all that you do. We right. appreciate it. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. So we're, we're this, the conversation around local accountability, I want this, the, the next few minutes to be more directed towards our community because Dee made a comment earlier or a few minutes ago about the attempting to use one system to paint the entire mm-hmm. school or entire district. Natalie, talk just a second about the process that you and and others went through trying to identify those those indicators that you said. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot that were thrown out on the table, and then how did y'all narrow it down to some of these? Right, and honestly, that it it is hard because not only is a leaf different than all other districts, but our schools are different as well, even within a leaf. So, you have some principals who want to highlight A, B, and C, and you have a different set of principals who would prefer X, Y, and Z. Um, Everybody is different, and that's the whole point of local accountability is to allow for that flexibility. We went back and forth with the state on that just to allow those differences between districts, um, and that was a fight. You know, we had to to hold our ground, and and they really wanted to say, you know, if if we are all measuring using one metric, then everybody's standards needs to be the same. And we, we disagree with that, too. We want it to be reflective of ALEAF um, when we write this. When we met with principals um, back in July, we did an open brainstorm and just said, you know, what is important to you in these domains? What do you, what do you work on every day? What's important to your students? And, and they gave it to us. There was a lot of stuff written on these chart, chart papers. But um, we collected them and kind of categorized them to make it a little more simplistic. We went back to principals two or three times to try to narrow it down and, and try to highlight the things that were, I guess, over multiple schools as opposed to just a few. But you will see in our system that we have different measures um, for early college, different measures for Kerr, which is a choice high school as well. And we look to grow that accountability system as well. Things may not apply to all schools. Our AVID sites are not district-wide, so you'll see some some um, differences there as well. But we really were trying to hit where indicators where most schools fell and where most schools were um, 
really applicable to those pieces, and and we did. So there's a couple couple of changes just with our choice schools or our early college schools, but for the others, we're pretty much in line, and they'll they'll all be held accountable to the same same pieces. As a community member, I would hope that we have confidence that when this gets rolled out uh, f- formally and officially, and you know, we still have to go through the board school board procedure and I mean the process and get it approved by the state and all that. Mm-hmm. But at the time in which we use this, w- w- at least where we are right now, are, are you? do you have a level of confidence that you could stand this local accountability system up side by side with what the state of Texas is saying and either say, at a minimum, these are telling you something similar, or would it be more the local system is, is a much more holistic view? It's more trustworthy. It is certainly more a more holistic view. I think right now... Um, you know, STAR still plays a part in the academic side of it. And when we develop our local accountability, one of the rules is we can't use anything that's already in state accountability. So that limits some of the things that we have in local, right? Um, So to build a local that was all-inclusive of the holistic measures that we wanted to use, we would also have to use some pieces of state. For example, we we want to use graduation rate. We mm-hmm. want to use college career ready pieces, but we're not allowed to use them in the same way in local accountability. So so for right now, the side by side is almost a necessity until they give us full control over what we can put in our local accountability system. That doesn't mean that I wholeheartedly agree with the state system, but there are pieces of it that we think are important and mm-hmm. still necessary for local to get that full picture. Um, but currently, the LAS will be 50% of our overall grade. So when you put the two side by side, you are you are getting even a bigger picture mm-hmm. of, of what the campus is all about. And that's what we want. Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely. That's what we want. Uh, another important fact is that the local accountability system is truly local. You you create the indicators, you create mm-hmm. the metrics, you create, heck, you create your own grade, right? You do. All the standards we create. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, 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 someone suspicious of us would say, well, you're just giving yourself, you know, a, an A or a B or a C or whatever the, whatever the mm-hmm. metric is. And, 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 and I want us to be very clear to those in the community that might listen to this that that's not, one, that's not the intent. That has not been the desire as you've gone through this process. Not that the TEA would have allowed us to do that, but 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 I'm I'm very serious when we talk about making sure the standards are high enough, and that we we hold ourselves accountable. And if there's an area we need to improve upon, we'll tell the community, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to work on it. So we are in a transition from community and student engagement to our local accountability, and and as we talked about that with TEA. Um, they asked us to to remove some of our indicators because all schools had an A, yeah, yeah. and they said that's 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 agree. not rigorous enough. You know, you either have to change the measure or you take it out, um, and that was that was work that we had to go through with TEA. They they were hard on us. They looked at our indicators. They told us where we need to increase our measures. And we know looking at our current measures that, that we will increase them next year. Mm-hmm. Once we have a you know full grip on what's actually going on and how this is actually going to come through, we're ready for that too. Year one, we're ready for. We just still don't quite know what to expect <laughs> in the end. Next year, we will be fully ready to increase 
the rigor if necessary, and we'll we'll kind of know where the state's headed with this as well. Good. Um, I firmly believe this. All things of any meaning are best left to locals to decide. Agree. Our entire country <laughs> is based upon that. You know, the local community where our country is made up of thousands and thousands and thousands of small, small neighborhoods and small communities. And if each one of them are taking care of themselves, then the aggregate of the country would take care of itself. That's why I believe in this. And I, and I believe in it, and I don't mean to – I believe in it because you're working on it and your degree of, of uh, conviction on doing what's right for kids is comforting to know that I don't have to double-check to make sure that we've got some soft spots where mm-hmm. – um, and, and that's a credit to you and, and, and your team and those who you're, you're working with. Thank you. As a district, I'm – you know, this, this, this episode was – hopefully it came across as, okay – Here's what Texas is doing. Here's how they're evaluating schools. This is how a district gets an A, a B, a C, a D. While we didn't go into the detail of that, uh, I just want the general community and the population to realize that local expectations need to be a part of accountability. It cannot just be driven from Austin, Texas. So with that, I am uh, thankful for you being here. Thank you. You survived. You survived. I did. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this has been Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to... uh, to sharing more information on upcoming episodes. Thank you. This has been an AMP production.